This episode of Making Chips is brought to you by the letter. Here we go. I can't get this out of this guy's head, but I think what I, I know you're talking about is the AMT GFMC conference, which is going to be next week, downtown Atlanta, Georgia, October 11th through the 13th, the Marriott Marquis downtown. There's going to be networking with hundreds of manufacturing executives and leaders. And Jason, we know how important it is for us to get out there and network with our peers. Sign up for the GFMC. MC on October 11th through October 13th in Atlanta, Georgia at the Marriott Marquis downtown, amtonline.org, G-F-M-C. Get online, secure your air, and get over there. I think the, the informative conversation of you know, what our manufacturer is thinking, but to also open it up to a more candid conversation with President Trump and the administration around what is going on for manufacturers. And if that is a large priority for him, making sure he's hearing from us. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here from Making Chips. It's good that you're here with us again. We hope we can equip and inspire you. I'm sitting here in the Technology and Manufacturing Association room in Schaumburg, Illinois, and across the desk is my good friend and co-host, Jason Zanger. Welcome. Hey, Jim. I hope that this truly does equip and inspire because we're kind of teetering on a subject matter that might not inspire or equip. So this is a little out of the box for us, you know, just as a a disclaimer, I guess you would say. But we'll get into that later. We'll get into that. Do you have any manufacturing news for us today? I do, as a matter of fact. So, you know, Car Machine and Tool is in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. And at one time, and it probably still is, who depends on who you talk to, one of the largest industrial parks in the country. Yeah, I remember Elk Grove Village and I think it was some area in LA used to swap back and forth for the largest industrial area in the United States. Well, they're trying to evolve that even further and there is 85 acres that have been undeveloped within the technology park that they're thinking about investing a billion with a B dollars to develop this 85 acre parcel to really hit it home with new commercial and industrial type businesses. That, that would be amazing. I think that would be such a you know shot in the arm for um, for our industry and, and, and for our area. And I, I know at one point they were thinking about bringing the, the Chicago Bears to You're the ab- suburbs. Absolutely right. That before was... they built that UFO downtown. And if you don't know what, what the UFO is, just look up Soldier Field in Chicago and you'll know what I mean at that point. Right. Well, you're absolutely right, Jason. I, I remember, I would say it had to be at least 10 years ago, and there was a lot of buzz about the Chicago Bears were moving to Elk Grove Village. And the naysayers were saying, no, we can't do this. And the property never got developed. And I think it's the only parcel of undeveloped property in the entire village right now. But I think I think you're right. I think it would be great for, for the village, 
Cook County, and the state of Illinois. Because as we've talked about on prior episodes, we all know how people are fleeing the state because it's not business friendly. And that's one thing that Elk Grove Village is really trying to amp up is that they are a business friendly village. And I'm 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 involved with the village quite a bit. I, I sit on their business leaders forum and we do we do a lot with them. Yeah, and, and it's great to have a city that doesn't want to be antagonistic to to businesses because as far as I'm concerned, I think that the city for the most part should do what they're chartered to do and then just get out of the way of, of business for the most part. But that that doesn't seem to be the um, the state of things nowadays. But it's so it's refreshing to have a, a village like Elk Grove Village that wants to take it to the next level. Well, I hope it comes to fruition, and I hope I get to see it in my lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jim, that that GFMC conference really sounds informative. I am a numbers guy. I like to look at the metrics. I like to know what's ahead of me. You know, I'm I'm a visionary, so I could definitely see the benefit for my business to understand what those upcoming trends are, so I can be better prepared. And that's what the GFMC conference is all about. What What's your thoughts? You know, Jason, I'm kind of a procrastinator in, in a way, but you know, I really enjoyed that conversation we had with Pat, the VP of Strategic Analytics at AMT a few weeks ago about the GFMC conference. But you know, I grew up in the shop making high precision parts, delivering first class experience to my customers. That's where they need me the most. You know, I don't know if analytics and economics, I don't think that's for me. And I, I you know, quite frankly, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, trying to have a hard time to define if it's it's right for my peers. What do you say we give Pat a call again and ask him some more questions? I'd really like to do a deep dive and get some more information to see if this is going to benefit my business. Let's call Pat. He's the man. He knows all about machine tool, cutting tool, the trends in those different industries. So let's give him a buzz. Hello, Pat McGibbon speaking. Hey, Pat, it's Jason from Making Chips, and I got Jim here with me. Hey, Pat, how hey. you doing, man? Uh, we're doing great. great. Good. So, you know, here, here's the scenario, Pat. I really think that this conference is going to be good. I, I love the value that you're going to be providing. But Jim, and I think there's a lot of guys out there like Jim, you know, j- just not sure if, if this is the kind of thing for a small manufacturing shop, if they really need to be concerned with analytics and forecasting and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, my, uh, my COO controller just beats the forecasting thing into my head. And so I'm finally getting it. But is this for, is this for somebody like Jim? Uh, absolutely. It, uh, we have people that can talk to his level. And, and the key is, we uh, not only do the forecast, uh, I think one of the key things for small manufacturers is, is where their customers are going to be going uh, with their products in the next uh, two to five years. And we have people there that are going to be talking about the key uh, elements, what we call the, um, the disruptive technologies that will be changing your customer's way of manufacturing, the way your customers are going to build their product, and therefore, it's going to have a direct impact the kind of parts and, and the kind of work you'll be doing in the future as well. And so listening to those in the auto industry, uh, in the aerospace industry, and in manufacturing in general, our president's going to be making a presentation about some of the things he's seen being implemented in some of the neatest, coolest places in the world and how that uh, is going to basically change the structure of how some of the products are going to be made in almost every one of the industries we deal with. Yeah. 
Well, I hate to be honest. I did I did look on your site, amtonline.org forward slash GFMC, and I did look at your attendee list. Some of the major players are going to be there, Mazak, Sandvik, Mastercam, and I have to be honest, some of my customers and vendors are going to be there as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, if I have an opportunity to mingle with my customers, it's only going to help elevate my presence as a vendor to them. And, and you know what, to be quite honest with you, John, I think you could use to learn a thing or two. Hey, I've been doing this for 30 years and I still learn something new every year we go to this conference. And networking, you, you talked about the people that are going to be there. Networking is uh, uh, one of the key things we focus on there. Two receptions, two 30-minute breaks in uh, uh, the first day, and then a chance for everybody to get together after uh, the conference breaks on the second day. So it's a a great way to meet all those people you just listed, vendors, suppliers, and customers. Great. Well, here's what you should do, Jim. Go to amtonline.org slash GFMC. Sign up now. You already missed the early birds, so too bad. You got to pay a little bit more money, but you know, be better prepared next year and just it's it's gonna be worth it. You know, you're gonna get your value out of it. And you know, AMT puts on a great show. I mean, they're the they're the team behind IMTS and everybody knows IMTS and how great that is. So I think that this is gonna be a, a great conference. Yeah, I'm on the site right now and it looks like they've even got some room rates that are at the Mary at Marquis, downtown Atlanta, discount priced at $199. Look, Jason, it even says that this is this event has been going on for more than 40 years. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a first class thing. Uh, so once again, October 11th through the 13th at the Marriott Marquis, downtown Atlanta, Georgia, amtonline.org forward slash GFMC. Pat, thanks so much for answering my questions. It really helps when I can go right to the source and make me feel like I'm investing my money in the future of my business. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you, Pat. Hey, take care. Thank you. So we've been promising the Metalworking Nation for a long time that we are going to bring Patricia Miller back to making chips to talk about her experience at the White House. And that's exactly what we're doing. We begged her and pleaded with her to stay for one more episode with us. So thank you for for sticking around, Patricia. You got it. Thanks for having me. Thanks. And before we start, we just want a, a legitimate disclaimer that we are not affiliated. We don't back any political party. I know personally that I'm completely bipartisan. I I think both ways. And I certainly we are not talking about or backing a political party. I, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I, I do not consider myself a partisan person. You know, I think that there's pros and cons in, in both you know, all, I, I don't know how many different parties you want to consider that there are, but um, they both have done some good things and some bad things for manufacturing. And what we want to talk about today is just the nuts and bolts of the current administration and the experience that Patricia had there as it relates to um, manufacturing, especially the small and medium-sized manufacturers. So first of all, Patricia, to me, it's amazing to me that, you know, you're, you're, kind of a newbie, I guess you would say, in manufacturing three years, and you, yet you get invited to go to the White House to represent manufacturing. And, you know, kudos to you for that. I mean, I think that's amazing. You know, Jim's, yeah, how been, did you get Jim's there? been in manufacturing for 50 years asking to go to the White House, and nobody's invited you yet, right? I mean, yeah, what, what's the deal? Yeah, well, I have here on my notes, please tell us how this all came about. 
Well, I was definitely honored to be asked. And as I'm on the board here of TMA, uh, more Illinois-based, I'm also on the board of the National Association of Manufacturing. And they're based out of D.C. and with a with a clear objective of wanting to drive policy and regulations and, and what we're doing across large and small uh, to mid-sized manufacturers. Every quarter, they come out with a survey, which is basically the pulse of manufacturing across the nation, where they ask all of their membership a series of questions to get an understanding of how optimistic or unoptimistic are we about where the industry is headed, what's going on, key challenges, are we investing in equipment, are we investing in time and talent. And so they wanted to deliver their quarterly survey to the administration. And clearly, President Trump has made manufacturing part of his priorities. And so it spurred a meeting um, by the Trump administration asking for a handful of National Association of Manufacturing board members. It was a PR um, event. It really was, I think, the, the informative conversation of, you know, what our manufacturers thinking, but to also open it up to a more candid conversation with President Trump and the administration around what is going on for manufacturers. And if that is a large priority for him, making sure he's hearing from us. So, I mean, how did it all come to fruition? Did you did you get like a week's notice? Why don't you step us through that process? We know you're on the NAM board. We know they're, they're heavily involved in policies and procedures and politics. Mm-hmm. Did they give you a week? Did you know that this was going to be... They didn't know necessarily because they submit their survey results, you know, quarterly to the administration. And for sure, the administration grabbed it and said, let's do a meeting. And so it all came together pretty quickly. And I think what was critical for them is to make sure we had a cross-representation of manufacturers at the table. And so they looked across industry segments of manufacturing, plastic, metal, food, food, big company, small company. And so that's what I think drove their decision making. And, And let's face it, I know I'm not what the traditional manufacturer looks like. I know I'm younger, I'm female. Um, and so I think as they were looking at how are we putting diversity at the table too, that probably played of course. a role. But of they course. sat you right next to the president. And yeah, so that was, that was that memo. That was, yeah. they didn't, you didn't get that memo, huh? I mean, <laughs> no. that, that doesn't happen by accident. So obviously they were looking for you to represent a certain part of manufacturing that was very intentional. Well, I appreciated that all, you know, although I, I didn't get the memo in advance and so so when I got in the room and I saw our name cards, I was a bit shocked. Yeah. Did, you, did, <laughs> did it say President Trump yes. right there? And you were yeah. like, oh, my God. And yeah. then Patricia Miller right next to it. Nice. So nice. I was thinking, OK, what's the protocol, you know, when he walks in? So it was a very rushed decision. And, and you know, I was given a few weeks notice, but then obviously his schedule changes um, obviously quite yeah. quickly. And so um, so it changed a few times. And to be quite honest, I wasn't sure I wanted to go. You know, I'm focused on running a manufacturing company and building a business and being part of this industry segment. I didn't know, do I really want to engage politically or, you know, have to think about a PR campaign around whether or not the meeting goes well and recognizing that, you know, we're, we're quite, um, separated on the spectrum around what's happening political for our, politically for our country. Of course. And so um, initially I said no 
to going. And then I thought about it. I chatted with a few of my friends that own PR companies. They all said, don't go. Um, they all said, don't go. Yes. Really? They were no, not supporters not of Trump, I would assume. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know if supporters or not. They just said this could create a whole... You could open yourself up to hate you know, mail yeah. or, or just... And I did. Yeah. 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 You want to talk about that? Yeah. And, you know, but what was most important for me in the decision making, and I chatted with Will about it, I chatted with a few friends about it, was... You know, I wanted to really be part of this industry. And I think it's so important whether or not we agree politically to be engaged in having conversations and dialogue. And so I was honored whether or not I agree with our president um, personally to have a seat at the table, embrace the fact that he wanted to hear from small to mid-sized business owners when you don't find a lot of us on the small side at the White House table right. and, and particularly manufacturers at the table. And so I definitely um, chose to go for those reasons, not the political affiliation, but more, I am a small business owner. These are issues that are important to me, and I want to make sure that we are representing ourselves in the conversation. There, there is something lost in, in our society nowadays that you you can agree on certain things and disagree on other things, and people feel like you just you either can't be friends or you can't have a dialogue. And I, I it, it's one of those things that really does bother me, and one of the reasons that, that I still remain unpartisan because I do truly want to be friends with everybody, whether I disagree with them in certain areas or agree with them in, in other areas. Because I would say that you um, do agree with President Trump on a lot of manufacturing topics, but there's probably a lot of other stuff that you disagree with him on outside of manufacturing that, you know, you should be able to have a dialogue around everything and still remain friends and have, you know, mutual respect for people. Absolutely. So So, logistics, how, how many NAM board members were there at the table? There were seven or eight of us from, from the National Association of Manufacturing and then several from the association itself. Um, uh-huh. and, and that, so the president Jay of, of the national association of manufacturing was at the Jay table Timmons. as well, Jay yeah. Timmons, and then several from his administration. I understand. Yeah. So what the, the objective was to deliver this quarterly report yes. and it was kind of like a cheerleading session that manufacturing was doing well, right? Was, That's right. So bring us back and let's yeah. talk, what, what were you talking about? What was, what was the rah-rah session all about? So within a 20-year history of the National Association of Manufacturing doing this survey, this was unprecedented positive feedback they had from the survey results. And the level of optimism across manufacturing owners has been the highest it's been in a long time. And so some of the results that came back were level of investment around equipment, um, hiring on additional talent, you know, optimism for the administration, optimism for what was being done in Washington, optimism for our industry segment overall. And Mm -hmm. so Jay was delivering those messages to the president. And then we were also chatting about challenges we face across workforce development, access to capital, regulations, healthcare costs, you know, so we opened up the gamut of conversation to that as well. You know, one thing that I, I don't think I've asked you yet, and we've talked about this a few times, but how was the level of security? How difficult was it for you to actually access the White House? I mean, did they take your s- cell phone? Did you have to 
put it away or turn it off or I mean did you had how were you cleared I, that that always mm-hmm. I, I know it's not manufacturing relevant but I think think it's kind of interesting yeah did they sure. have to take the um you know the end mills and the utility knives and <laughs> stuff like that out of your purse before you you met with the president Thank God TSA took care of that yes. on my flight there but definitely there was a level of security so I had to log into a computer system several days in advance and put uh-huh. in my details and information which I'm sure they ran through a background. And then when we arrived, we had to go through metal detectors and security and then were escorted to an area outside the Oval Office. Our meeting was in the Roosevelt Room, which was really awesome just Mm. given the historical nature of it. And so it was really kind of an awe-inspiring event because you don't go to the White House every day. And so I've definitely seen those images from the news or from outside the gates of the White House, but was really exciting to go back and, and enter in um, to that area. And you, and you can't even get into um, the White House as a person that's part of the, the public nowadays. My um, sister-in-law is actually pretty high up in the D.C. area, and she couldn't even get my wife and I into the White House. I mean, it's just on a tour, it, you mean on a tour. It, 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 she could not get us in, even though she has a lot of cloud and credibility. It's like they, it just doesn't happen anymore. So that's, yes. that's awesome that you were able to go in the Roosevelt room. And and I guess they also change it based on the day, too, of whether or not they allow you to have a guest there. Um, but, yeah, our meeting was in the Roosevelt room. And then after we took photos in the Oval Office. Oh, you actually then, were in the Oval mm-hmm. Office for uh Photo shoot. Oh, cool. Uh And then we went out to the lawn to address the press. Okay. And then, and that was when you were on CNN. Yeah, we did some group press coverage right on, right outside the doors on the lawn. And then I went down to the mess hall to have lunch. Um, Well, you were in, uh, President Trump invited you personally to have lunch with him afterwards. And, um, Jay Timmons and a few others from the National Association, as well as his chief of staff. And I had never realized that, you know, um, active duty military serve lunches there. And it was such a beautiful lunch in a very beautiful oak wood paneled rooms. And then you're being served your lunch by active duty military. Wow. Very cool. And then I was asked to go do some follow-up interviews. So I quickly mowed down a sandwich and made sure I didn't have pepper tooth and was dashed out to do these interviews where it was only 40 or 50 degrees that day. And and you're outside. Outside. So I ran out there in the rain. And then, you know, I wear glasses every day. And I had worn my glasses that changed to sunglasses. Oh, no. So I had to take them off because the lights from the cameras were were making the glasses go to sunglasses. So my interviews were pretty blind. I couldn't see who was interviewing me on the small screens back in the studios. And they put a heater at my feet because it was so cold, but I was wearing leather pants under my dress and my legs were burning during I'm the sure. interviews. I'm sure. <laughs> so what was your takeaway from that day? What what, what did you realize? I mean, obviously you, you, you felt a sense of manufacturing culture and companionship that day because you were there representing us you were you were there representing me you were there representing Jason you were there representing all the listeners of this podcast so what was your what was your big takeaway that day that you felt what resonated with you emotionally that day I think just the overall sense of I was so honored being newer to manufacturing that I was asked to have a seat at the table and that I could go represent small manufacturers and particularly the struggles that 
I've gone through over the last three years that I know so many of us face trying to grow businesses, being resource constrained, not finding talent, knowing healthcare is expensive for us and our businesses, but wanting to provide benefits to our teammates. Um, And so I think I was happy to do it. I was happy to have a president and his administration be receptive to the dialogue. Um, and I think the bigger question is just what comes of it, right? And and we'll all continue making chips and making products on a daily basis and driving our companies forward. But you also hope that you can get you know, state level, local level, and national level engaged in how are we supporting manufacturing? How are we supporting small businesses? How are we supporting entrepreneurs for driving our economies forward? So was was there anything, um, uh, was there a, a response from President Trump or from the administration? Was there anything actionable that came out of um, this meeting with NAM? I think his overall message back to us was that he was pleased to see that level of optimism from the survey, that it is a priority for him and he's going to continue prioritizing it, that he was aware of the, of a lot of those challenges that we face, that I think he knows it's not just at the national level, but also at the state level. And we definitely feel that here in Illinois. Absolutely. Um, being ranked 49 out of 50 is best, best states to be in business. And so... I, you know, I think it's it's more than him. It's more than his administration, which will drive these changes. Um, but definitely somebody who, you know, has a level of arrogance and confidence, but also seemed genuinely interested in uh, in the manufacturer's perspective. Is there anything that he told you um, off the record when the cameras were not rolling anymore that you'd like to share with the Metalworking Nation? <laughs> Well, one one thing that he did share, and I think it was on the record, so I don't even think I'm speaking out of turn. He did call me darling when he pulled my chair out, and I thought, oh, oh should I be disappointed by this? But um, but well, then so I he, realized he took the I called people approach, honey. Gentleman. He was yeah. a gentleman, and and then he did he did say, I've I've read about you. I heard what you're doing, and keep up the good work. And so I appreciated that. And then during the meeting, though, he did say, you know, when we were saying how we were appreciative of uh, him taking the meeting and and for sure the optimism, and we went around the room and discussed what we were all doing in business. And many of these companies have been around longer than 40 years, uh, like Matrix 4 has. And he said, well, you know, I, I got the impression he kind of took credit for we're in business still because of him. And and so oh, really? that was interesting, but not surprising. You know, I think he definitely has some overzealous qualities about him. Sure, um, like like a lot of presidents do. Yes. They like to take credit for yeah. <laughs> what's necessarily not yeah. due to them. And you know what? A lot of times we like to take credit for the things that happen that probably couldn't get done without the government's yep. interaction yep. either. Yep. But I think overall a worthwhile meeting and a really kind of monumental day. Yeah. yeah. Now, can I um, call Will Mr. Darling from now on? Is that okay? <laughs> sure, you <Okay>. can. <laughs> That's great. Well, congratulations. I was I was so excited to see you on CNN and see and see the video footage. And I was like, we were all you know every. I mean, 
my phone was like blowing up that day with all the with all the TMA members saying, Patricia Did you Miller. See Patricia Miller? Yeah, I know. I know. It was they great. They had taken my phone from me, but I had a lot of messages from around the world. I was on the treadmill and I just saw your face because I hadn't communicated to anyone I was going. And right. So, um, so it was kind of a kind of a surprise. But yeah, I had never really done those kind of live in- interviews from the industry I came from. We didn't really do that often because mm-hmm. we were so heavily regulated. So. I'm sure. Um, it was good practice for me. That's great. I mean, for me, that was very informative. And, and like Jim said, it was just it was wonderful to see somebody that could represent us and represent us in such a such a great manner. And just to see, you know, you as a very diverse face of manufacturing and just being young and having people that are, you know, can look at you and say, I'm only three years, you know, in manufacturing and, and be inspired by your, you know, just the journey that you've had in manufacturing and going to the White House. I think that's just, it's great. It's been, it has been inspirational. I, I said in the beginning that I wasn't sure if it was going to be, but I think just that aspect um, should be inspirational for a lot of people. Absolutely. Jim, I am so excited about IMTS. Again? It's coming up again. Are we talking IMTS? It's coming up again. 2018, IMTS is coming. We had a past episode with Rich Hoster, which I have a lot of respect for Rich. He's a great manufacturing leader. And he said the one biggest thing that had an impact in his manufacturing leadership is networking. And that's huge at IMTS. It's a huge thing. You got to learn how to do it correctly. But IMTS is definitely the place to meet people that are going to be integral to the success of you and your company. Absolutely. I mean, meet other manufacturing leaders and and learn some new ideas for your business. Maybe a couple friends along the way. Go to imts.com and get more information. It is open for registration now. It's Monday, September 10th through Saturday, September 15th, imts.com. With that, let's wrap it up. Patricia, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Taking the few hours that you have with us. Uh, Thank you to Will. For, Mr. Darling. Yeah, for coming w- with you. And uh, man, I, I always leave the studio and I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed sometimes with all this new information that I get and um, all, all of this manufacturing goodness that uh, we can gather. And I'm, I'm even more flattered that we can communicate that to the entire country and the world and uh, equip and inspire some manufacturing leader out there. Yeah. And if you have any hate email that you would like to send to Making Chips um, because of this episode, please send it to jim at makingchips.com. There you go. I'll take care of it because I'm the integrator. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. 